Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Well, some saber rattling from China on Taiwan. We get more from Dan Schwartzman in New York. Dan. Yeah, Brian, China's ambassador to the U.S., Xi Feng, says the country has no room to compromise when it comes to Taiwan's independence. She was speaking at the Carter Center in Atlanta. The ambassador's comments come as Taiwan is set to vote for president on January 13th. One of the candidates, Taiwan's vice president, Lai Ching-te, has angered Beijing by describing himself as, quote, pragmatic worker for Taiwanese independence. A three-judge panel appeals court panel expressed skepticism of Donald Trump's claims that he is immune from prosecution as a former president looks to avoid a criminal trial over his attempt to overturn the 2020 election. Trump is trying to reverse a December 1st ruling by U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who rejected Trump's immunity defense, saying it seemed he was seeking the power of a monarch. Bloomberg's Eric Larson breaks down one judge's hypothetical posed to Trump attorney John Sarah. What if a president orders the killing of a political rival with SEAL Team 6? You know, does nothing happen to this president? And Trump's um, argument or that his lawyer pressed um, is that if a president is impeached for that conduct, then potentially that opens up the, uh, the potential for a criminal case. But if there's no impeachment, then, you know, nothing, nothing happens. And the judges seemed pretty skeptical of that argument. That's Bloomberg's Eric Larson. Walter Reed Medical Center has released a statement saying that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was diagnosed with prostate cancer in early December. Austin underwent a minimally invasive surgical procedure, which resulted in some complications, including nausea and severe pain in his abdominal area, as well as in his hip and leg. An evaluation revealed that Austin was suffering from a urinary tract infection, as well as abdominal fluids collecting, which impaired the small intestine's ability to function. The hospital, though, says they anticipate the secretary will make a full recovery. Recovery. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says even President Biden didn't know why Austin was hospitalized till earlier today. He was not informed until last Friday that Secretary Austin was in the hospital. He was not informed until this morning that the root cause of that hospitalization was prostate cancer. Kirby speaking at a briefing earlier today. Storms, high winds, and tornado warnings hitting parts of the south today with roofs blown off homes and campers flipped over in Florida. In the Midwest, some cities were hit with more than a foot of snow, stranding some drivers on highways. Areas across Kansas, Nebraska, and South Dakota, Iowa, and Minnesota seeing snow accumulations as high as 15 inches. More than 200,000 customers were without power in Alabama, Georgia, and in Florida. That's according to the PowerOutage.us website. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Dan Schwartzman and this is Bloomberg. All right. Thanks very much, Dan. Five and a half minutes past the hour. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. We take a look now at some of the top business stories of the hour. 
Well, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission says it has not granted approval of spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds. That's despite a post saying it had been approved on X that appeared to be from the regulator's official account. The post included a comment purporting to be from SEC Chair Gary Gensler. Gensler himself said on X that the SEC's account had been compromised. About a dozen companies have applied to list ETFs backed by Bitcoin in the United States. And the SEC has until January 10th to take action on at least one of those applications. Now, Bloomberg's Shonali Basak tells us what comes next for the SEC. They could always punt, right? They could always push it as they have before. They could also deny application. They could ask for more information. As we've seen, uh, last-minute amendments to the filings just this morning. That's Shanali Basak. The price of Bitcoin did spike. Uh, well, it did increase, let's say, and it's still a little bit higher now. Right now, 46083 per coin. We turn next to the latest on the Boeing 737 MAX. Air safety officials are probing last week's blowout of a door plug on a MAX 9 model, and now their attention is focused squarely on four unaccounted bolts. These bolts you see were meant to secure the door plug. It suddenly broke loose on that Alaska Airlines flight last Friday. Inspections were subsequently ordered by the FAA. And now we learn that both Alaska Air and United Airlines have discovered more loose bolts. The National Transportation Safety Board said it would consider broadening the probe into other MAX models. Now, despite the news on this crisis, it's interesting that Boeing ended all of last year, 2023, with its largest ever monthly sales gain for the 737 MAX. Brian? Well, BlackRock will dismiss about 600 employees, or roughly 3% of its global workforce. This comes as the company seeks to reallocate resources. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. CEO Larry Fink and President Bob Capito said in a memo to staff, quote, we see our industry changing faster than at any time since the founding of BlackRock. The executives say ETFs have become the preferred vehicle for both index and active investment strategies, and that the firm is growing across the globe, including in Europe and Asia. The world's largest asset manager says it still expects to have a larger staff by the end of the year, even with the cuts, as it expands certain parts parts of the business. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. We are told Amazon's live streaming site Twitch is poised to cut 35% of its staff. That would equate to around 500 workers. These cuts could be announced, we are told, as soon as Wednesday. We are hearing there are increased concern over the company's turning a profit since Twitch has increased its focus on advertising in recent years. Brian? Well, Qualcomm says that its push into automotive chips is on course to beat sales projections. The chipmaker said that it will have about $4 billion of sales from its auto unit by 2026. Qualcomm's entrance into the automotive space will also decrease its reliance on mobile phone electronics. And CEO Cristiano Amon told us that the car industry is going digital. If you're going to go buy a car today, you have a fully immersive digital cockpit. You didn't have that before. That's enabled by Snapdragon. Right. Now you have those beautiful screens that are immersive and bring you a lot of information about the car, the road. On top of that, you have safety. And we have a, a vision that assisted driving needs to be in every car. 
That's Qualcomm CEO Cristiano Amon speaking from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Qualcomm is now selling more chips for handling driving and entertainment functions in vehicles, along with processors for personal computers and headsets. The hope is to maintain growth as the smartphone market matures. China says it has hacked into Apple's AirDrop feature, and as a result, message senders can be identified. We have more from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann in Hong Kong. A Beijing institute has developed a technique to crack an iPhone's encrypted device log. The log identifies numbers and emails of senders who share airdrop content. The method would help authorities eradicate information China deems unhealthy. Activists around the world have employed the airdrop feature to spread their messages. Beijing's Judicial Bureau says police have identified multiple people via the hack. Developments add uncertainty to Apple's operations in China. The company already faces severe constraints on content, including on Apple TV and books. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Paul Allen in Sydney. And our guest is Eric Balchunas, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior ETF Analyst, uh, to take a closer look at what happened today uh, from the SEC. I, I don't want to be splitting hairs with something, but we, we said in our lead that the SEC has not yet approved blah, blah, blah. And actually, Gary Gensler said in his statement that the SEC has not approved. Um, so again, that might be getting a little bit uh, too technical there. But many people think it will happen. Was this possibly something, Eric, that was just a prepared statement that somehow made its way in? Yeah, look, um, I'm processing this all just like you. I was uh, expecting a tweet like this to come out exactly 24 hours from when it did. We, we all Intel points to approval 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow with both the 19 befores and the S1s getting approved and then issuers launching Thursday uh, business day um, and they'd be up and trading. So I was sort of ready to just go have dinner and have a chill night before tomorrow's madness. But the madness came early um, and it sounds like it was hacked. Um, mm. But the, the timing was weird. It almost seemed like a scheduled tweet that they put the wrong date in. But let's just trust the SEC. It was hacked. Um, this isn't the first time there's been... Well, you said compromised, right? Compromised is a little bit broader term. Yeah, That's true. That's true. <laughs> Look, um, who, who knows? I mean, at some point, we'll, we'll get the truth. Over time, you notice when people put out tweets sometimes, they always say hacked and, and, or compromised, but, you know, half the time they weren't. They're just embarrassed. Uh, who knows? All I know is that tomorrow is important because it's the deadline for the ARC um, filing. They have to either approve or deny. So if they do nothing, it gets approved. But all signs and all our intel points to approval. So my guess is we'll see this tweet or something come out tomorrow after they formally approve doing the more formal way on the, on the website. But 
I've been covering this now. I've been in the sort of one foot in the crypto world for like six months now, and I've gotten used to these crazy happenings and shenanigans. Um, so this is just like sort of another day in the in the roller coaster known as the, the crypto world. So I shake it off. I'm looking at tomorrow. I still think we're going to see approval and launches, and we'll look back and, and sort of laugh at this in a couple of days. Uh, yeah, uh, to your point, Eric, when this happened, I overheard somebody in the office here in Sydney sort of laugh and say, this is the most Bitcoin thing ever. Uh, <laughs> exactly. The language, though, was very SEC-like. And as you say, this isn't the first head fake, is it? What, what other sort of uh, misleading moments have we experienced? Oh, man. I mean, I, um, the big one was Cointelegraph put out that iShares had been approved, like, I don't know, two months ago. And the price of Bitcoin went up 5 to 10% instantly. And then BlackRock denied it. Um, then somebody went into uh, the Delaware legal um, site for registering names and registered iShares XRP ETF and, and even put the guy's name. And, and it looked just like a registration, like the way they registered Bla um, Bitcoin and Ether ETFs. So people thought, oh, BlackRock's planning to file for an XRP ETF. That turned out to be false. The price of XRP went up and down instantly. And so this is – I know the SEC isn't up to that kind of shenanigans for sure. Um, the Cointelegraph was an intern who messed up. Um, mm. Maybe this is that case. So there's definitely been these head fakes. And then recently there's been people over the past couple of days who have gone against the grain and said, wait, you know, Gary's going to do a rug pull and deny them all. And that kind of moved the price a little on the downside. So people are able to move because everybody's skittish. This has been a 10-year yeah. buildup to this one moment, and everyone's just like – it's like a – you can pop this – it's like a feeling and a mood you can pop with a, with a, with a pin, um, and, and that's sort of what this did, and it's yeah. all just so sensitive and tender right now. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, with what you know about X, will they be able to find out who generated this? So that's one thing. And secondly, you know, it seems the price spike in Bitcoin wasn't that much. So is this pretty much fully discounted approval? Yeah, hopefully they find out. I don't know the goings-on of cybersecurity, but I hope they find out. Um, if it's them, I hope they admit it. That's, will they admit it if, if, if the call was coming from inside the house, so to speak? Will they admit that? I don't know. Hopefully they do. Um, but it is baked in to a degree. There's been a huge run-up in the price of Bitcoin, and it doesn't take a genius to realize because people are anticipating the ETFs getting approved because the ETFs act as bridges to a large amount of money that advisors manage, $30 trillion. They love ETFs. So the ETF is sort of the ultimate bridge to the sort of traditional finance regular world and a big pool of capital of rich boomers and the crypto world. And so that's why the run-up in prices come. And that's why it didn't move that much to the upside. We were thinking, you know, I was talking to another lawyer, that if you really wanted to cause mass chaos and, and compromise the SEC site, you would have said they were rejecting it. Uh, the price of Bitcoin probably would have plummeted a good amount on that because the approval baked in, uh, rejection not. So I think yeah. that's also an interesting point on like what, what was the purpose of hacking that to just mm. like do nothing. Eric, I just want to uh, tease out a little more this idea of a bridge. I mean, t to the layperson, why would you buy a Bitcoin ETF when you can just buy Bitcoin? Yeah, because if you look at Coinbase, if you want to go buy a trade Bitcoin, it's pretty expensive. Uh, upwards of 40 basis points to 250 basis points just for one trade. An ETF will cost one basis point to trade. That's the spread on an ETF. And the expense ratios are now all the way down to 20 basis points, 20 to 30. You can get 
already haven't even launched, and the fee war has already gotten them down that low. So that's a pretty good deal. Plus, you got this sort of regulatory stamp on it. You got big brand names like BlackRock and Fidelity, and it's going to track the price of Bitcoin well. Other things like GBTC doesn't track well. MicroStrategy stock, you could say, is a proxy, but it's not a perfect tracker of Bitcoin either. And if you want to go do like your own cold storage and wallet and all that business, you have to remember 12 words for the rest of your natural life. And I know, I don't know about you, but I can't remember my Amazon password. So I'm not going to go try to do that. And just like a gold investor isn't going to store gold in their house unless you're really into this, in which case do that. You know, but for most normal people who just want some exposure because they're speculating on this, uh, an ETF is a perfect solution for them. And again, gold, probably the best parallel. That's what I would say. All right, Eric, thanks very much for joining us. Eric Balchunas, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior ETF Analyst. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.